welcome. This is Why Life Is. I'm Niles McFlower. Tonight, hey, uh, it's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, it's kind of a strange, <laughs> strange title for the show tonight. The Problem of the Three Monkeys. That's the name of the show. Now, for some of you, that's going to sound like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> but um, if you recall, three monkeys are sometimes referred to as hear no, see no, speak no evil. So that's what it really has to do with. Uh, and tonight is going to be a little different in that it's going to be somewhat historical, somewhat uh, political, to say the least. And it's also going to incorporate a number of elements of, um, of metaphysics and physics so that we can understand a bit better what evil is about and how is it working today in a different fashion than, say, even uh, 50 years ago. And uh, these, kinds of, um, these kinds of shows usually... Uh, we'll say get some people in in the state where they're thinking that, gee, he's going off into the political stuff, and you know, and I don't want him to be political because I want him to be politically correct. Or, like you know, I'm here to basically talk about things that uh, are not available to a lot of people, and that uh, explain things that don't do not uh, necessarily have explanations in the general uh, public eye. So this is something that's going to be different, and it may, for some people, uh, sound like I am being political. I probably am. I mean, because politics is uh, one-seventh, so to speak, of what this world's about. And from that particular standpoint, you know, there's always the, the little bit that kind of overlaps into different parts of everything. So to say, well, it shouldn't be this or it shouldn't be that. You know, it's not a political commentary show, and that's for sure. It's about the uh, the world as it exists and some of the world as it exists involves the political side. That being said, and I, I'm saying it again so that uh, those that that may take exception, might continue to listen just from the other viewpoints that are going to be expressed. Um, If we look at where uh, evil started on Earth, it was mostly a, a physical and emotional response Years ago, 
and uh, decisions were made then about how to develop humanity at an accelerated pace. There was a plan to do so way back, I mean, virtually at the inception of the planet, so that'd be 4.62 or 3 billion years ago, but not definite until, uh, you know, give or take, uh, 21, 22 billion, 22 million years ago. And then, then attempts were made to uh, bring about this change uh, on developing humanity uh, in, in an accelerated way to see if humanity could overcome a new kind of evil. Not the old kind. The old kind of evil, which is what I'm going to be talking about to begin with, uh, has been around for a long time. It's a physical, emotive kind of evil on a planet like Earth, which is a physical, uh, dense physical planet. Uh, that type of thing has been uh, traditionally and even almost exclusively in some places the way evil has functioned. And it's been successful at it. So it doesn't tend to change its ways because it's not a super creative thing. It's very destructive, but not very creative. And so its uh, tendency is to stick with what works, right? But recently, like 20, in the last 20 million years, for sure, probably the last 100 million years, uh, evil in some parts of this galaxy and in other galaxies has attempted to move from the astral and physical parts of existence into the mental. Now, what does evil do? Evil is a destroyer of life as it was supposed to be created, which is to be free and conscious eventually, and to be self-created. Evil says, no, the self-created part will control in some fashion, will also limit the amount of uh, exercise of freedom to the point where you're enslaved, you know, uh, people will be enslaved. And uh, we're also going to get rid of this consciousness business because that's really destructive to us. So we'll put an emphasis on activities and particularly particularly on power, powerful activities. So not intelligent ones necessarily, but powerful ones. And intelligence would only be used in men accessorized by power. And so this is the uh, this is the mode that uh, evil takes, and that mode is to eventually negate and or destroy uh, God's growth, which is life itself. It it doesn't uh, in itself believe it can completely get rid of God. It doesn't need to. It just wants to get rid of God in life. <laughs> I can go do its own thing someplace else. And you might say, well, I thought evil doesn't believe in God. No, actually, evil does believe in God. It tries to convince others that aren't yet evil that God doesn't exist. So, I mean, that's that's uh, that's kind of uh, its foundation principles. And if people do believe God exists, then it tries to convince people that God is an irrelevant issue because uh, if evil exist, then how could God exist? <laughs> that kind of thing. All right, so at any rate, um, this is its premise. This is its norm. 
the normal way that it functions um, in most worlds. But Earth uh, is the uh, the avant-garde planet about mental evil. Mental evil has to do with the ability to diminish and destroy truth. And uh, by destroying truth, uh, it's a new way to uh, to relegate God to a corner someplace or uh, eliminate it from uh, life, in particular human life. Evil is a human quality. It doesn't exist other than being created by human beings in lower kingdoms. Human beings can make animals evil and invite evil to possess them in some ways by the mistreatment of them and by uh, affecting their, their lives. But on its own, evil doesn't exist in animals. Even the great T-Rexes and other uh, horrible dinosaurs, some people would say, weren't evil. They were, they were very powerful. But the difference is that their, their purpose was to promote the growth of life, not to destroy life. And so you've got to look at it from a more esoteric side to understand some of the stuff. And it uh, it incorporates uh, some elements of evolution, because uh, survival of the fittest exists in the animal kingdom. And it involves a spiritual side, because in human beings, uh, since evil really is in a war with God, if you want to put it like that, um, then it's very spiritual, even though it denies spirituality to some extent. So it's in a weird, contradictory, paradoxical kind of uh, position. And if we look at it from all these signs, Earth was designed, literally, as the, to have a battle of evil uh, that would lead up to where we are today as a mental battle. The mental battle... Believe it or not, it started a very short time ago. Uh, in, in all earnest, the maximum uh, pressure of, of mental evil really didn't start until the last century. That's a long time ago. Um, and before that, the battles were not about truth, but they were emotive aspects of life. People being afraid and being uh, enslaved by through fear and force and uh, horrible uh, actions taken, and uh, by physicality, by by being you know tortured and and imprisoned and killed. So all those things together were was the old kind of evil which existed on Earth for millions of years. That that existed that way for a long time. But the thing about Earth is that everything's accelerated, and where evil is wanting to succeed in uh, beginning its march into the middle world and uh, destroying truth, uh, wasn't here on Earth. It was in other more distant places where it had, it had surrounding successes. There aren't very many success, uh, surrounding successes in relationship to Earth, but there there are in other places. And so that's where its intention was. But Earth was, you know, the low fruit. It was deliberately designed so that evil would find it irresistible to come to because 
life would be accelerated by no less than twice as fast, uh, especially and particularly for human life development. So most other planets, it's slower. Slower gives humanity, of whatever planet we're talking about, a better chance at um, developing an enlightenment in the mind, in the mental body, that uh, prohibits the development of evil very quickly, which is good. Earth decided, ah, we'll invite evil in because we'll double, more than double the speed at which human beings will be developed. And that allows less of this uh, prophylactic development of light in the moon uh, before evil could do something called a common monastic connection. That means that you, th- you think first more astrally than you do mentally about most issues, which softens or reduces the strength of uh, truth. And um, it, it causes people's desires and feelings to become overpowering over the truth of their thinking, mental thinking. And so that uh, is what has taken place on Earth. Now, that doesn't mean there wasn't some evil, for sure, in our thought processes going back thousands, tens of thousands, even a million years ago. However, that percentage was kept low, and it was kept below the fifth mental subworld. It's always been in the seventh and sixth mental subworlds that evil has had some effect, but not a lot, but growing in the last few hundred years. And in the last hundred years, evil has made a bold attempt to common monastically connect the fifth astral subworld with the fifth mental It's been doing this on an individual basis for longer than even 100 years, but successfully on a larger group basis just since the beginning of the 20th century. Propaganda and uh, uh, the political uh, means of uh, using propaganda became prominent uh, in the 1870s. And uh, took over, really began strong, at the turn of the 20th century. Part of it was the advent, eventually, of radio. Telegraph, of course, started in telephones, and then radio. And, of course, now we have television, satellites, cell phones. But, I mean, all that has changed so rapidly. It's allowed propaganda to become a kind of uh, stalwart for evil, and it has allowed evil to move uh, rapidly into, uh, on individual levels, uh, rapidly into this middle sub-world of people's mental body. Uh, Now, the thing that evil has not succeeded in doing it is in getting the fifth astral subworld to equal. Everybody thinks that it's the mental mind that's so resistant, and it isn't. We're we're losing the battle on the fifth mental subworld, but there's still 
some resistance in the fifth astral. So there is some um, feelings that people have that contradict their lack of truth that bothered them sometimes that interfere with evil success. And those feelings have to do with uh, with their creative imagination not being um, structured in a way that causes them to feel good about what they're hearing, saying, and thinking in their mental body. And that leads to them not completely uh, bowing to the pressure of evil to, uh, we'll say, completely ignore and remove truth from the fifth subworld. Now, what is uh, is the fifth subworld of the mental body like? Well, it's truth about uh, logic and statements of thought that uh, have strong structure to them. Structure means the proper time-space relationships and so that we can determine whether something has, on that level of thought, a uh, accuracy that we would generally think has some truth to it. Truth, by the way, is changeable as more concepts are added to anybody's understanding. The truth changes. uh, Truth is not the truth all the time, but it's the truth for the time based upon the number of concepts that somebody has at a particular time. And so, this being the case, and not getting too technical here, because that, that part of what I just said is pretty complicated for some people to understand. Uh, a lot of people uh, have been lulled into a state of agitation, astrally, about the lack of truth mentally in their own mind, and sometimes in those that they hear speaking to them, but they don't, uh, because their mental body is not clear enough, they don't understand what's wrong with what they're hearing. Ah. But at least the good news is what they do hear, it troubles them, even if it doesn't, in an explicit way, define for them what the lack of truth is which, by the way, is a big problem, but at least it's it's better than if if it was completely complementically connected because then they wouldn't even be bothered by it, as, they, as happens in the sixth and seventh sub-worlds of the mental body, mental world, and people's mental bodies. And it also affects, therefore, and happens to be true, that it, the astral uh, mind is connected directly and and preeminently um, to the uh, mental in the 6th and 7th realms of both the astral and mental bodies and mental worlds. This is not good, and it's been like that for a very long time, uh, since the advent of the fifth race of human beings, and that happened as a seed group, 50,000 55,000 years ago. So uh, that was a long time ago. It's where a lot of people think humans actually began as human beings. There's some truth to that in the way that those people thought compared to the people before them. But at any rate, many people say, well, that's homo sapiens sapiens, right? That's kind of right. There actually is almost a um, 
here's the situation. Uh, here on Earth, uh, the battle is for the fifth mental subworld. You get that, you kind of win all the, all the prizes, and um, Earth goes dark, literally. And the plan includes the destruction of the world if necessary, if it fails in the experiment. So don't think that evil's going to take over Earth and suddenly we're going to be living thousands of years as evil planet. You know. Now, Earth will just, within a short time, hundreds of years of life, just, you know, big rock from the sky or something, will wipe it out. Maybe a burp from the sun. And it'll clear out our atmosphere, destroy it, and, you know, with an incredible burst of energy, and that'll be the end of it. Earth will be fried and gone. So, and it could take literally seconds for it to happen. It, it doesn't need to be some protracted long kind of thing. That's, that's a terrible thing in my opinion, but it, it is a safety plan. The souls here would, that were still functioning so would, would go, would leave, and uh, they would be redistributed through their own choices, by the way. Two worlds probably a bit less rigorous than this one has been. But that's if things go badly. Okay, so, but, but the question a lot of people have is, well, how come evil then is so gung-ho on trying to win because winning is losing, right? Well, evil's plan is to thwart even what I just said. They believe they can move the technology of the planet ahead fast enough to even uh, thwart that part of the planet. And uh, they may be right, because part of the plan is to eventually bring in evil planets, folks from other worlds that would assist Earth to remain alive, but enslaved by evil, past any attempts by uh, those beings that are capable of destroying Earth if things go badly. So there is a possibility that could happen. I don't want you to think it can't happen. It's just that there is a plan to thwart it, and one believes, as I do, that uh, the side of light will eventually win. Maybe it won't be immediate. Maybe it will take hundreds of thousands of years uh, rather than a shorter time. Anything's certainly in the realm you know, of possibility within that spectrum of possibility. So when we get to the to the looking at the problem of the three monkeys, <laughs> I love tonight's show. Uh, the problem of the three monkeys is that uh, Abel's best way to survive is to convince. Uh, people, human beings, that it doesn't exist. That's a, the that's a single best way to survive. And to even convince people that what is evil is good, and that's a very big victory if they do that, um, or at least is benign and neutral. So that's like a fallback position. Got. Good or neutral but not you. That's their plan in general. 
some of the aspects of the plan include the following. Uh, to, um, at this time, this juncture, to stop being so forceful about the methods employed to uh, enslave people and to prevent people from having freedom and to uh, uh, get people to reject God. In the past, great forces have been employed on all elements of that particular area of thought. Uh, huge amounts of forces, including armies, including people tortured, uh, torturing other people, uh, including people uh, uh, threatening every aspect of people's uh, existence, from families to friends to, to animal pets and property and every aspect that could be used forcefully, forcefully was. And um, this included uh, some parts of the last, uh, earlier parts of the last century, where it was determined that the next step, which was propaganda, used in mass scale because of radio and et cetera, as I talked about earlier, um, would be able to pick up the slack and deal with people more mentally rather than to use all these additional forceful methods because the forceful methods have a very downside to them, very negative side. And that's the problem evil has with the three monkeys is that if you if you are too forceful, the monkeys stop uh, being deaf, blind, and mute. And so their way of dealing with them is to put it back in, if we go 100 years ago, starting was to use forces, but to mitigate some of those forces with propaganda and a whole bunch of smart, so to speak, lies. That's what they thought would be a winner for them. Combine the two together. Well, they went through this thing we call world wars and and then Cold Wars, and then other additional wars, and tried the combinations, and found that the problem of the three monkeys still remained, because uh, they would continually, continually end up uh, getting revealed more than they were succeeding in convincing people of the untruth. So, by revealing that what they were doing was evil, the truth part started to come together for people, and it acted as a contradiction to the lies they told on the propaganda side, and it overcame the fears people had from the force side. So people became less fearful, not more, uh, because they became irate and resistive, from the fourth side. And then they also, the people, people, humans, decided that the truth was even more disturbing to them, the lack of truth over time, from the propagandist side, when the fourth side was so ugly and obviously in, in, in antipathy to the, uh, 
to the propaganda that's been put out about how wonderful people really were. So you see, the that problem wouldn't go away for them, and so they they want to keep the monkeys happy and and and, and mute and deaf and blind. But you, you're only going to be able to do that, and most of the muteness uh, goes to the fourth estate to 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 uh, people who report, who speak about it, who report, and are supposed to reveal the evil themselves. But of course, that's the first side usually that the propaganda aims at. So, at any rate, the problem uh, wouldn't go away for them, and so. Uh, they came up with a new plan. And the new plan was to be hatched uh, at a certain time when the third ray was uh, peaking and crystallizing mostly in people. The third ray has to do with the throat chakra, so it has to deal with the mute monkey. And they got a lot of help from the mute monkey, which was the fourth estate, the, the press, people that we say are supposed to support freedom, they, the, that particular monkey was, uh, a, you know, was being taken care of by this crystallization of the third ray, and it was going to peak out around 2007 or so enough so that it would be time to introduce this new plan. The new plan was, let's reduce the force the physical force, significantly. Okay. We're going to not have the physical force as much. We'll use it only once in a while. And most of the time, we will instead figure out a new way for propaganda. Propaganda in the old way was to say the same things over and over again uh, until people... Uh, became forgetful of what truth was. Sort of, sort of like a droning kind of thing, over and over and over again. And eventually, you know, someone can't remember what the original thing was that countered that idea. And so you kind of just give up and say, oh, okay, if you say so. You know, and um, so that was the old, the old guard, the old way. And it had been used for a year or so, or more. And so people were thinking that that was good, but evil said, you know, it really isn't working. And now that we get the third monkey, the, the mute monkey, to go work for us better uh, because of the crystallization of the throat chakra, well, then we're not going to have news agencies and other people telling the truth about anything. Now, they, they, there was some of that going on even in the 20s and 30s of the, the last century, but it, it is not anywhere near what it is today because you have to put it in relative terms. During those days, there was so little news, so little ability to communicate, that uh, it was much easier to deal with. Now it's huge, and if you can gag that and get like 95% or better of the of all the people who are supposed to be letting us know about what's going on, not telling us the truth, well, then that's really a good time to deal with this. And that's why 2007 was a good year. Actually, the beginning of 2008. And so they looked at this whole thing and they said, yeah, I think we've got a good plan. I think we've got a, a plan that might work because the third monkey is going to be on our side. 
and we need that third monkey to be mute. Okay, so without saying anything about evil now, the third monkey is out of the running and taken care of. And so that problem is put aside. Hey, that's one-third of the problem. All right, so you still got the other side. People, you're directly thinking, directly hearing, directly seeing things. All right, how are you going to deal with that? Well, the way to deal with it, they found, was instead of reiterating the same line over and over again, to put in false concepts almost on a daily basis that collectively support each other, they're called tautologies, but have our total lies. There is a lie. But keep doing it. And don't repeat the same ones from a year ago. Just keep coming up with new ones. And just invent them. You know, this this week it's the war on women. Next week it'll be this thing or that thing. Whatever it's going to be, we'll just come up with it. <laughs> no matter. Doesn't, it doesn't matter because what we're doing is we're, we're supporting it only with lies at the moment. And we're not going to connect it to future or past lives because that's how they've gotten problems before with the two with the first two monkeys. The problem with the first two monkeys is that they were figuring out too quickly that what was said last year isn't followed up this year and et cetera because everything was still built together. They were using isms like Nazism and communism and all these other isms to te- teach people these these lies. They found that that didn't work because it, it allows the mind, which is the rhythm, to start feeling out of rhythm, and it didn't break through the astral issue of the fifth uh, astral subworld thought, which is uh, structured thought. It, it, your creative imagination structures things, and it just doesn't fit with the mental stuff. And you start saying, hey, I don't buy that. So you don't have that. You don't use those kinds of ideas anymore. No more communism, no more socialism. You don't need that crap. It was good for its day, but now you just create things for right now. And it always has to be something that makes people more selfish. That's the only thing, the only criteria they they use. Can we make people more selfish by thinking this way than that? Then use that. Let's get that going. Can we make them more argumentative, more negative, more narrow, more... Uh, more resistant to truth, to light. Anything that resists light, even if it's for a day or a week at a time, and then go to something else if necessary. It can be a theme that's used for several months, but then you back it up with new, different things, and you constantly change around the lines so that they're virtually un- provable. You can't you can't prove that they're lies because you're not just lying about a few things consistently. Now you're shaking it up to the point where it's like every five minutes. The advantage now was the technology allowed this to happen. Before the technology, you couldn't keep creating all these new lines. The technology wouldn't support it. Back in the day of people just having a radio that usually had to be plugged in somewhere. I mean, those, 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 that, those days are gone. 
can't get the news instantly over your cell phone. You know, it'll turn on your computer. You can go this way and that way. There's 24-hour news on, on certain news channels. I mean, cable and, and satellite. And, I mean, the whole thing is allowing this new kind of propaganda. It's a completely new system. And it takes care of all three of the monkeys. It's not just one or two of them. They're dealing with all three. And that's the that's where the old system failed. And sure, they could win on one side some months or days or years, but they would lose somewhere on the other. Now they've got the whole thing together. Okay. And so they're overcoming the problem. And if you could keep all of the three monkeys continuously unable to think in ways that are truthful, evil stays hidden. And that's what it needs. Now, you've heard me talk before that evil has a backup plan. If, in fact, if, in fact, it's discovered, then it switches gears and tries to convince everybody that evil's everywhere. So your next-door neighbor's evil. Your friends are evil. Your teachers are evil. Everybody. And then it's a free-for-all. It's crazy. That helps to some extent. But it also hurts because you got still got problems with the monkeys. Because some people, although they may occasionally fall into thinking lots of people are evil and aren't, will also see the evil that's really there. And that's still not a good thing. So it isn't a perfect plan because you still got the problem with the monkeys. But if you continually push it away from that solution and not make it so much, well, everybody's evil, because uh, they don't, they, they use it still a little bit. But it's not very effective. Instead, you try to diminish and minimize, but not evilize, the people that you used to make evil. So now it's not the communists are evil when you're a Nazi. That sort of thing is eventually going to fall back on you. Then you're going to get the problem with three monkeys. But if you make it out, that really, those communists, we're, we're Nazis and the communists are just, are silly, stupid people who are very old folks. Old white folks are stupid, evil, no good. Right? And they, they just aren't going to do anything. Of course, it's kind of the reverse of that. Isn't that what they usually Usually it's the Nazis are like that. And kind of, but it doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm just switching around. I'm not trying to really make it about anyone specifically. It's just to show the concept. And, and you can go in either direction. So here, here is where... You define it in this way, and it's very effective. Well, you know what? I just looked at the time, and I'm going on and on here. I'm really excited about this. We'll come back to the three monkeys and the problem uh, in about two and a half minutes from right now. Hi, everyone. Since childhood, I've had questions about my life and life in general that I couldn't find adequate answers to. Questions like, why am I here? Why are others here? Does the universe have a purpose? And how does that relate to my life? More recently, I've been wondering what happens when we die, especially the reasons why. 
I'm more of a doubter than a believer in many things, and answers that include the wise allow me to think and figure out the truth for myself. I've been reading a book, Life's Hidden Meaning. This one book contains more answers, including the wise, than all other sources I've read or heard. It's amazing to me that every one of my questions has been thoroughly answered. More importantly, I have found that all of these answers so far have checked out to be true. I hope this message helps some of you in your quest for better understanding. The name of this wonderful book is, again, Life's Hidden Meaning by metaphysician Niles McFlower. Some bookstores sell it. I got my copy directly from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com. Life's hidden meaning may enlighten your mind and bring some peace and joy to your heart. Hun, what book are you reading? It's a novel, kind of, about romance, love, and spiritual life in general. Kind of a novel? What do you mean? Well, it's based on some real-life experiences and even real characters. Some of their experiences are fascinating and remarkable. I can't put this book down. How come the title is Afterlife Love? That's part of the fascination. This book describes the afterlife in intricate detail and even explains why things are the way they're explained. But how can anyone write about or know that? Some of the characters travel out of body to some places that people who've already died also go to. I'm finding it completely believable because it all makes sense and fits into a bigger picture for me. Hun, what happens to these people? You can read it for yourself when I'm done if you want. Better yet, I'll get my own copy so we can discuss it while we read. Let me see. I'll write down the title. It's Afterlife Love by Niles McFlower, M-A-C-F-L-O-U-E-R. Afterlife Love is available in some bookstores and from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com or 480-966-3132. That's 480-966-3132. We're back. This is Why Life Is. I'm Niles McFlower. Tonight, we're talking about the problem of the three monkeys. And uh, by now, you probably have figured out the problem is that evil is trying to keep the three monkeys doing their job, doing their thing. And it's kind of an odd title from that standpoint, because most people probably were scratching their head trying to figure that one out. But anyway, it's a fun it's a fun time, you know, for me. Uh, all right, so let me go back to where we were. Here, here's here's the situation. Um, in the olden days, the methods of using propaganda were broadly stroked and required um, uh, a lot of time because the communication systems were extremely slow and laborious. And few people heard or read things within a reasonable period of time. So you had to keep repeating things over and over and over again at ignoring And it was to the detriment of the monkeys because it, it allowed too much time to go against the dark side. The dark side likes to do things quickly because time is not on their side. And so as communication started speeding up, especially towards the end of the last century, they said, hey, let's try something new. 
let's do this thing where we change frequently what we're saying. It still supports our arguments, but we're not using a broad brush. Now we're going to go after individual things, hundreds of them, uh, and within, say, a year. And each one of those things will be a poignant issue to uh, destroy truth and to enslave people and get us closer to winning over the mental mind of those people who are going to be um, otherwise uh, free monkeys. We don't, we, don't, we don't want that. We want everybody to not have any understanding whatsoever about evil. And we want to convince people, if possible, evil doesn't exist, God doesn't exist, and uh, we'll do so without pushing as much progressivism, socialism, or any of those things. Instead, we're going to come up with this new brilliant thing that is going to require some very intelligent but evil leaders, and especially in the key country of the United United States, we're going to need someone who's, they already had it picked out, who's going to be able to uh, lie at virtually the drop of a hat and create more and new lies, almost daily, I mean, maybe a few days or whatever, uh, about different subjects that, in the back end of it, come together to destroy the United States. Now, why is it so important to destroy the United States? I mean, it's just one country. Because the United States is the country that is the strongest country that believes in God. And it is, of all countries, the strongest. And it has the most amount of, we'll call it, uh, general truth in its means of operation, from economy to laws to uh, education, you name it, it's got it. And it's a truth seeker in terms of science, to some extent, and uh, other areas, which are very important. So it said, gee, if we could knock the United States out, we get rid of all that, and then the main thing the United States has been is a leader in the world. It's been a leader since about the 1870s, and then by, two, uh, by uh, 1900, it was a major player, of course, as a leader in the world. And it became a leader by becoming a major economic force, and because all the people who wanted to be free, which means they also don't want to be uh, enslaved by evil, uh, wanted to come to the United States. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them came to the United States or wanted to come to the United States because it was the freest place to come to. And so by literally natural selection, if you want to call it that, more and more people that were leaving other places came to, to the United States. And because of that, the whole country built up tremendous assets among its citizens because the first part of God's mind is freedom and creativity, which is part of freedom. And so you have the most creative free people wanting to live here. And then the second part of God's mind is consciousness. And it turns out that 
the United States, because of its ray focus, which is six and two, meaning it's a, a at a personal level, it's very focused to in one direction at a time to the, to develop consciousness, and at a soul, it's other directed. It's directed to help everybody become conscious, all out even outside the United States. So the United States became this superpower of of, of virtue as well as a unfortunate bastion of corruption. Now, why is there so much corruption in, in the United States? Well, it, 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 it's because until, um, well, literally until today, it has, uh, has uh, we'll say, a lack of uh, organization and a lack of uh, synthesis in its structure of its laws and the way its economy works, etc., it's gradually corrected this, uh, getting rid of some monopolies at the end of the 19th century and monopolistic practices, which are harmful, because free markets are free markets. Capitalism is not necessarily free markets, and so you've got to have a free market system. Using capitalism is fine, but you have to have free markets. And free markets go away when you get you know, one company running more than half of the show for for all whatever it's doing, and that produces uh, a lack of freedom, and it destroys eventually the economy and freedom in the country in general. So you have that sort of thing, and that's one example. It happened in every area of life that this this sort of thing has been going through in, in this country because the country adapted so well until very recently. We were very adaptive. And so when there was something wrong, we tried to fix it. The one thing we didn't fix soon enough or in any way uh, with any reasonableness was slavery. If that hadn't been the problem, uh, corruption would never have gotten to the point where it did. But slavery became the underlying corruptness of the whole country. And I'm not just talking about slavery of black people. I'm talking about slavery of Indians and slavery of other sects and groups that were on the outs. And so this was a particular problem, and it could have been dealt with early, and uh, it would have meant a totally different outcome, better. Because probably 75, 80% of the corruption in the United States would not have ever existed if we had gotten rid of those things. So that became the nemesis, and where evil hung its hat. But it, interestingly, it has been used in very recent times as the means to hide evil. It became, interestingly, the fact that slavery was overcome, supposedly, became the way some of the problems of the three monkeys for evil were solved because they made everybody feel guilty and resist reason about things like, uh, well, just call it what it is, uh, anti-slavery thought processes in which people think that somehow they're responsible for the slavery of people from 100 years ago or 200 years ago that had the same skin color. The weird thing about this is, I want to explain this, because it's important to explain, 
it's so untrue, it's absurd, because a lot of the white, quote-unquote, people, particularly from some parts of the United States, uh, that were slave owners, became black people in their next lifetime or so. <laughs> and so you can see that this, this whole system, the idea that somehow you can correct the problem by giving people of today of a particular ethnicity <laughs> an advantage for things that were done 100 or 200 years ago, you got the wrong people you're rewarding, you see, because of reincarnation. It gets very confusing. And so that becomes a, a bit of an issue. The, the the biggest part of the problem is that it has been used by the present administration uh, because we have a black president. And he used that like the, the marching song of his, of his uh, administration. He's used the same idea for a lot of other different groups. This group or that group has been discriminated against. So now we got we got to do some help now, right? And the help always comes in solving the problem of the three monkeys for evil. It allows it allows in some way to obscure truth and to stifle free thinking and free, free speech and thought. Thinking and free action, so that people are politically correct. Politically correct. So, it's a bizarre thing. It is a bizarre thing. You know, I mean, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Now, remember, the people we're talking about that came in with Obama, they're part of a group of people supporting to try to destroy and get rid of the problem with the three monkeys. And they have been unusually successful. They've gotten control over most of the media sources. Despite the fact that those sources are huge in comparison to they were 100 years ago. I mean, it's not even a... There is there's no way to compare it. It's so big. And yet they've gotten control over it still. And they've gotten control over, the through the political correctness thing, many issues that are on the wrong side of truth and diminish people's freedoms and remove from from the light evil so evil can continue to function, giving more amount of power and control to those who want to enslave. The main job of what's happening now with evil is to get rid of freedom by using the very structure of the United States in terms of how it works with freedom to destroy it. It's a very odd thing. And again, it has to deal with the three the problem of three monkeys. If you can if you can get the monkeys to not only not see evil, but to start creating structures and things in their lives and those of others that are so anti-conscious and that restricts and controls the lives of people in general and do it economically, make torturous restrictions on all forms of 
economic activity, through rules, and government uh, departments that literally take over people's property and lives, that we lose from most people the incentive to be clean. And that allows more corruption, because the corruption now uh, obviously doesn't come from slavery per se, because that was, it comes from the substitution. What is the substitution? The substitution is government. Government now has become the taskmaster. Government now whips the people. And this is so hard to understand because people say, well, we control the government. It says so in our Constitution. But the Constitution is barely being adhered to. And for the most part, it's being ignored. The Constitution needs to be strengthened in the United States because of changes in the technologies and the way that three monkeys uh, have been dealt with. Uh, we've got to be smarter and stronger to make it a bigger problem for the dark side to not be able to overcome the visibility and to become really exposed. And a constitution, and I'm going to deal with this in a future show, uh, that has maybe a dozen more amendments, and it sounds like a lot, I know, which is like 50% more than what we've got right now. But those amendments would be, again, to increase the rights of the people and decrease the size and power of the federal government and increase the selection and uh, we'll call it, uh, the ability to differentiate among the states and uh, eliminate a few holes in the Constitution which is which are going to destroy the Constitution and, and the whole country if we don't do it soon because those holes are big enough to do that. We'll talk about what all that's about later because that's a whole show in itself. But you see, and it, it's it's hard to imagine twelve twelve amendments could completely solve the problem. But it, when I went through it, that's about what it's going to take. And it, it seems that you could resolve almost everything that's the problem. But some of it's pretty radical. I'll give you a couple of examples so you don't think that I'm just teasing. <laughs> I know. But one of the one of the things I think that it's it's time to consider is to no longer have a single person as president of the United States. There is the unusual tendency of the monkeys to, uh, once they cut themselves off from their senses, become senseless. They, uh, they follow blindly, uh, especially a charismatic uh, person. Um, having three people share the responsibility of president with two out of three making the decisions, whatever they are, at a minimum. You can have all three together if you want. That's fine. And uh, still having them each have the same responsibilities, but they share them together, so they have to have a two out of three vote, we'll call it, uh, would greatly reduce this tendency you could say, well, they tried that in Rome for about five years or something, and it really went all bad on them. Well, yeah, Rome was, come on, I'm talking about. 
talking about uh, people that had virtually no rule of law. They just had they had a bunch of we'll call it uh, people who were megalomaniacs who wanted to be running the world, and then they, 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 all the thing they considered is who can they conquer next to make some more money and to do get more power. That's not what our president, our president should be doing. So I give you that's an example, and I also think that in the federal courts, state courts might choose to do this too. I think that there should be three judges instead of one in every court. Now you could say, well, that'd be kind of a lot more expensive. Well, the total cost is minimal in comparison to the advantage of a two out of three minimum judge decision. And there's reasons for this because it it, it, it depoliticizes both the courts and to some extent the other uh, parts of government. And you know, there would still be a single vice president, by the way, in my idea. You'd only need one vice president. You're probably not going to bump off more than one of these three people at a time. If there were such a thing, or one would die, it would be reasonable to have it that way. And then I also think there should be a separate court for uh, people who do not follow the laws of the country and uh, the Constitution when they've taken the oath to do so as a political office. That court should be strictly for those people. And we're talking about people who, you know, are going to be impeached effectively. But impeachment should come as up one possibility. It still can come the way it is in the Constitution. You know, it comes from the Congress. But it can also come from uh, this court. It could be a dozen people, like a, sort of a Supreme Court. But it only involves itself with certain things, and one of them is impeachment of political people. And when it impeaches somebody, it doesn't rule on it. It still goes to the political system, but uh, it, it, it can impeach immediately and instead of, you know, based upon some uh, long-term political strategy, which may or may not uh, ever work. And the reason for this is corruption. We've got uh, a huge amount of it and it needs to be dealt with. And then you also have to deal with the issues of uh, uh, too much of the system being padded with people who are equally evil and or corrupt as the people that are choosing. So this this would might weed it out. Anyway, I'm just giving you some ideas. There's a lot more to the whole other show, but I'm giving you some ideas of why a new constitution may be helpful, not new in the sense of the Constitution, but new new parts of the Constitution, these 12 amendments, might be helpful to uh, rein in the government. Of course, and I, as I said, I think that uh, having a government based upon uh, taxation, based upon GMP, uh, is part of it. I mean, you can't have more than 14%, uh, something like that, I don't know. Right now, it's almost double that. So the government would be by nature cutting the half just by making it so it can't tax anymore, can't take any more money in, it can't, it can't support itself. And, and that would be very helpful. I'm talking about federal government. Our biggest danger in this country is from the federal government. So that's, that's where our problem is. And we, we have a lot of concern. Now, as far as the three monkeys are concerned, 
the reason the federal government becomes such an arm of evil in the present day and since 2008 is, is because it is the single source of using the most abusive form of enslavement possible on the largest number of people in the shortest period of time. And that's how, that's how evil works. It, does, it doesn't really have, like, some kind of, like, oh, gee, that's my favorite area, let's do it in music or something. Yeah. No, it chooses the area that gives it the most, with the least amount of effort in the shortest time to achieve its results, which is to uh, enslave people and to get rid of the growth of life, which is God's growth, and to get God pushed out of the picture some way. And so that's what it's trying to do, very, very stringently and with great efforts. You know, and when when you look at the present day, that's exactly what's happening. You know, uh, we have a president and, and his team, most of whom uh, don't believe in God. That's my opinion. My opinion is that they don't believe in God. Uh, they put on an act. As a matter of fact, the President of the United States uh, was raised mostly. Uh, in the Islamic religion, and then, uh, you know, sometime 19 years old, he had an epiphany to start joining a communist uh, Christian church, which is what his parents actually had belonged to originally, and then his stepfather was an Islamist, and his mother kind of converted, and so he went over to that in Indonesia. But the point is that he, I don't believe he ever really believed in God. I'm just telling you that he followed that particular religion. He believes in the social customs and some of the beliefs of Sharia law, etc. Himself. That's my opinion. You can look back over things he said, and more importantly, what he's done, see if that makes sense to you. And so he supports countries that will create a caliphate. What is a caliphate? I talked about this several years ago before he was reelected for a second term. And I said that uh, if he gets in for a second term, we're going to have a caliphate. There's no question about it. Coming. A caliphate is more than one country joined together through uh, Sharia law, most likely. It doesn't have to be Sharia because there are other Islamic uh, thought processes about besides the Sharia. But, but it, the issue here is that it's run by radical Islamists, just so you understand. Radical Islamists run it. And that is the bottom line. And their point of view is to um, uh, get, you know, maybe 13 countries together under the 13th one, and the guy guy is going to run everything and uh, destroy Israel. That's another thing that's on their list of things. You've got to check this. Is it evil? Absolutely. No question. Um, does it represent uh, the thought and heart of people who generally belong to Islam? No. It's, 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 it's con- completely an evil thing. It uses Islam, and it, some people believe in it, that are, is, are Muslims, and say, yeah, that's, that's what I believe in. But a lot of other people don't. It's, it's really up to the individuals that are part of it. And so when we examine how dangerous this is. Uh, we're talking about eventually the use of nuclear weapons because they're working on getting them, and Israel already has them. They've got 200 to 240 nuclear weapons ready to go. 
They've had them for a long time. The French came in and built them nuclear reactors in the 70s. Most people know that they have them, but they don't admit to having them. Uh, and, you know, uh, they, the reason they would have to use them is they don't have enough people and military uh, fortitude to survive and attack from all these different caliphate countries. And further, uh, Iran is going to have nuclear weapons uh, momentarily. And they've already said what they're going to do, which is to destroy Israel. So they will have no choice but to use them themselves. And the Iranian nuclear uh, stuff is now far enough underground that uh, even the best bunker-busting bombs that are non-nuclear will not affect them. So uh, they're going to need to use nuclear weapons for that and just to defend themselves. And... Uh, you know, the thought of hundreds of nuclear bombs going off, uh, it's not going to have a good outcome. Now, be aware that all of this was created by the present administration. I told you that what, that was going to happen many years ago. And it's happened. It happened as I speak. Baghdad's about to be taken over, and Iraq is partly gone. And it's connected to Syria already. They connected those two, and they're going to take over a bunch of other countries very soon. Okay, and the United States is going to do nothing. And so the the end of this the end of this situation is going to be that uh, evil will be using force in places where force works still, but in terms of the rest of the world. That's not where the they're they're not worried about the Middle East because in the Middle East that works because the people uh, don't have the wherewithal partly because they're, they've been enslaved already and are not conscious and I'm including parts of Africa. So in that part of the world, the old system might still work for a while, like another fifty to hundred years. The rest of the world they're going to use the new method. And here in the United States, that's where it's going to be. This is the real battleground. We think the battleground's over there because of all the bombs going on. But the trick is, they're dealing with the problem of the three monkeys here. That's where the issue is. You've got to get rid of the United States to win the game. Just getting a caliphate with 13 countries or whatever they're going to get is um, not the final solution for them. It's to uh, get rid of the United States in the process. And how do you do that? Well, the United States does nothing while they build their caliphate. That's more harmful than the building of the caliphate because the people that are building it, they're building the caliphate with, have never reached the consciousness to recognize the need for their own freedom. That's how the caliphate came about. about. Not only because the United States refused to leave soldiers there, but because we didn't educate the people. We didn't deal with the situation correctly. And that starts before this administration. But it goes into the heart of the matter. It's not just a military issue. It's not just about force. It's about mind. It's about mental thinking and truth. It's gotten to the point where people don't see or understand the truth because the monkeys are doing their job. 
And as long as the problem doesn't happen with evil and they can keep the monkeys going, the situation will continue to worsen. That's what we're doing. And so, as I speak, you know that's happening. And you know about the other terrible things that are going on. Uh, tens of thousands of children being forced on our borders here in the United States uh, into the country to, to destroy effectively what little there was of borders to the United States. Without borders, eventually, uh, there will be attacks on the United States by probably Islamists, but some, maybe some other radical people, too, because there won't be any way to keep them in. In addition, we're going to use up all of our resources trying to take care of kids from 10 other countries in Central and South America. <laughs> not to try to change the laws, but you can't do that uh, 
while there's the corruption that we have, and most importantly, we can't do it as long as the three monkeys are doing their thing. So somehow, we've got to get some of that relief so that we can vote in enough people, at least in Congress, to get a better handle on government. It still won't change much because the president has the right to veto even a majority of Congress. The only way around that would be to try to impeach them. That's almost impossible. You know, I mean, you know, if you really look at the the, the odds of that, that taking that bet would be so low, it would be terrible. We've tried to impeach a couple of presidents unsuccessfully, gotten close, but have not been successful. Now, how come that's the case? Because in order to be successful, you have to give the dark side a big problem with the three monkeys. And each time it's been tried, the dark side always succeeded to prevent it from going through. Now, that's assuming that both presidents needed to be impeached or should have been impeached because of their behaviors. I'm not too sure that Johnson back in the 19th century, really deserved being impeached? I mean, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, there's corruption and all this stuff, but, but I mean, in comparison, I'm not sure that that's really true. And I'm not 100% sure that that Clinton uh, deserved to be impeached because what he was being impeached for was such a negligible offense in comparison to what's happened in the last <laughs> five or six, five, five and a half years, it's, it's nothing compared to what's been happening. Now, should we impeach the president? president? Well, if he doesn't deserve to be impeached, you should just throw away impeachment completely because then nobody will ever deserve to be impeached. So it would be it, it's silly to even consider. But here's here's the issue. Impeachment may not be an answer in any stretch because you still don't necessarily make the three monkeys uh, sensible just because you impeach. You you will polarize people, but you may not get people to really see evil back then. Um, it, it, it would be better to, at this point, uh, change the government over the next few years, including not re-electing another uh, Obama lookalike uh, to carry through with his stuff, and uh, bring about real, we'll call it, serious solutions to the problems at hand. Those solutions are mostly, they're not really social, conservative issues. I know some people think they are. There are issues dealing more, unfortunately, with libertarianism because that that name scares people. But uh, it's really it's really about building a more libertarian uh, system that is responsive better to the will of the people, and that is much more limited and much freer in terms of rights to everything, including personal property, which means less taxation and less especially less regulation and control over people. So those are those are important parts of how to solve the problem. 
question is, how do you get from where we are now to that place um, without it being uh, some kind of almost violent uprising? Because the present system isn't working in our favor for that to take place. And there are some ways of doing it. Uh, One of them is that some of the stuff that Obama is doing in his administration will reach the anger of people who are, at the present time, or right before this, uh, neutral or in favor, majority in favor of him. And the the reason it will is because the, the atrocities against freedom are becoming collective. Not because they are in the old order, it's all one drumbeat of socialism, communism, progressivism. It's not that. It's it's that the the part that's 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 coming together isn't about an ism anymore. It's just about it's about the destruction of goodness and wholeness. And some of that I think is trickling in. The biggest problem is the third monkey is uh still stalwartly uh, in favor of uh, the evil. Now you can ask yourself, why would the, the, the fourth estate be so strongly uh, in favor of such darkness? And uh, the, the best answer for this is that news uh, and reporting of events in news has become connected to show business and to uh, political correctness and to a sense of what cause a camaraderie with all the other people reporting, like it's a club or something, that's what it's described. And in addition, a general structure of atheism, or agnosticism. So, in other words, uh, the majority of people who are acting in those agencies and reporting in those ways uh, have a tendency towards all the things I just said, and they have a weakness in, uh, in belief in or in understanding about a creative higher being like God. They um they tend to be more on that side. They fall into the group of most professors, college professors, and yet also uh into uh the majority of certain disciplines of science. Now why is that group all come together in this odd bizarre kind of way? Because they didn't used to necessarily all think and function as well. And the, the reason is that they are the third monkey, collectively. Some of them aren't necessarily in the news media, they, or aren't in the, the, the print media or whatever. But they, they fall into the same group. How come that is so? And it has to do with the principles of control of personality. The personality of, of a lot of people has become overly strong due to egotism and sometimes arrogance. And that adds a lot of strength into the third monkey because the egotism used to be 
singular, like one person is egotism versus another. And now the egotism is becoming collective because the fifth subworld of the mental world is starting to bend, starting to become slowly uh, controlled by evil. And that's the real danger. And that controls the third monkey a lot. And so what you hear, what you see, what you think you understand coming through vast sources, seemingly from disparate places, with the same message coming through most of the time, is its own form of overwhelming, overwhelming um, propaganda. And it is, but it's a unique form, because the lies reverberate each other, and they keep changing. They're not the same only. It isn't like you've got to like, well, this man is the guy, and this is the bad guy, this guy. Oh, they may all all say Obama's the best thing to, you know, widespread, but he's, he's not necessarily, not necessarily the issue. The issue really is that they are progressives who um, who have behind all the different concepts a kind of stronghold on the belief that they know what's best for everybody else. That's what it is. That's what I mean by progressives, by the way. Uh, it isn't necessarily a political thing as much as it is a mental thing. It's egotism. It's, and in some people's arrogance. It's, it's telling you that they know better what's right for you. So when you look up, look in these magazines and these newspapers and you listen to these shows, you're hearing people tell you they know better. And you're supposed to be reporting and instead, you know, propagandizing and forcing their thought to others. So the third monkey is a dangerous monkey because it's become a, a more unified collective monkey. And it's a, it's, just a, it's a kind of thing that that problem, which was so hard to solve because of the extension and vastness of, of uh, the freedom of the press, is now becoming the unfree press. Isn't that amazing? Here, everybody was worried that it was going to grow and grow and no control. Not true. Not true. Oh, are there some websites you can go to that have opposite opinions and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. But see, it's percentage of listeners, percentage of watchers, that's the other two monkeys, right? And if most, if the other two monkeys are only looking at a, a, a small, relatively small percentage of any differences between the third monkey, then... It's all the same thing. They're all they're all starting to work together in unison. So very few people go to these alternate places to get any kind of information or understanding. They're basically focusing on just the same kind of uh, progressive uh, reporting that they're interested in, and that's it. And that's that's how that's how the whole system's coming together. And that problem, which was scaring people. Uh, 20, 30 years ago, because of the advent of uh, the Internet, is now becoming, they're smiling and saying, hey, we got it. We got it fixed. We got, we got, we got the answer. It's not as big a problem as it used to be. That's frightening.
for me it is anyway. I don't know if it frightens you. I'm telling you, I'm frightened. And it, it frightens me because they're doing it so well. And they've got a great leader. People think Obama is stupid, lazy, ignorant, sleeping, not with the program. He's none of those. He's a brilliant tactician. Tacticianer. He is able to fool everybody about what he's really doing. He's a destroyer. And he's better at it than anyone has ever been that I am. Yep. And that's the scary thing about it. And he's beaten the problem of the three monkeys a number of times. That's how he got reelected. Now, like I said, we have an opening right now because there's some people that are starting to wake up a little bit. You know, but it's not that many. It really isn't. And, you know, it's it's frightening to me that I talk to so many people and it's absolutely remarkable to me how easy people are told a bunch of lies and they don't notice. I don't know, it's a different... <laughs> I mean, it's, it clearly lies from one day to the next, one month to the next, and yet they don't listen. They can't see what's going on. They just can't see it. And every step is a step towards enslavement, right? a step through taking away rights. You want to go see a certain doctor? You can forget about that. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. And then if you want any kind of treatment, it's going to be based upon what your worth is to the system. And it's going to get much, much worse. And uh, even lying about the number of people who actually want this stuff. Well, we had 8 million people sign up. Four of them were people we took all the insurance away from, and they they had no other choice. And the other four million... Are people who are who are playing the system right now? They'll sign up for one month and then get a year's free uh, uh, insurance. It's not a bad deal, right? For one month, the one month that'd be costly. It might be five hundred dollars. And then after that, you don't put another cent in. For the whole year, you got insurance. Oh, you didn't know that you could do that? Well, you might want to check it out. <laughs> you can do that, yep. And you can get away with it. There's no recourse right now for people. All right, so the recourse was against the people who don't sign up. Then you get fined. But don't sign up. Take the fine, if there is such a fine, if it's really going to work out that way. Um, how else can we deal with this problem? Where Where is the additional solution? Because I keep throwing out some more stuff that doesn't look like it's going to ever end right now. There's a lot of things I have to say. I'm not, I'm not saying them all today, but um, I'm sort of picking and choosing as we're talking. Well, we can come up with some other creative solutions. Some of them have to do with people opting out, which was what I just finished. You don't have to participate just because someone says you have to, or we're going to fine you, or we're going to tax you, or we're going to stop you from doing this or that. The best thing is to try to find the least harmful way to yourself to actually opt out. Why is that effective? Because 
the three monkeys are dependent upon people opting in. If the majority of people, or even a significant minority of people, opt out, they've got a problem. Because the people who opt out almost always are the ones that start using their senses and can see the evil. Sometimes you have to opt out before you fully see the evil. And sometimes you have to see enough evil so you first make the choice to opt out, but then you see more as you go along. That's just the way it is. And sometimes it's a brave, bold courage on parts of some people to opt out because there may be ramifications. Mostly they are uh, some kind of fun or some kind of resistance to or difficulty in staying in the same location. If you live in a state where you think you have less freedom, look for the freest state you can go to for the things you want to do and live there. Don't stay in a place where you're in prison. But don't leave places where you think you're in prison to just leave. Do something proactively. Always go to someplace else to do something that is much, much, much more. If you just leave because, well, I don't like them over there, I'll go somewhere else. That's really almost as bad as staying. So if you opt out, you have to opt into something as well. You have to be more creative. You have to be more enlightening by a significant amount. And you may have bad karma to just leave, by the way. If you just leave and don't do anything, go someplace else. And there's uh, there's about, give or take, about a dozen or so states in, in the United States where it's very difficult to live as a free person and where the third monkey is extremely strong. Uh, all parts of the, of the media, all parts of expression of uh, any kind of reality is stifled, and it's uh, a long, usually very strong, progressive kind of uh, thing. Those, those dozen or so states, uh, you don't want people leaving those states who aren't going to live in more... Uh, freeways, because then they'll dilute the states they're moving to. You understand? So let the people stay there. And so I say, don't leave unless you're really going to make a change. If you're really going to make a change, then you can prepare for it, and you can go to another state, the remaining, I guess, states that are left, uh, give or take uh, about a quarter, about three quarters of the states are are in pretty good shape to move to relatively. Some out of those three quarters are much better for some people than others. Not all of them are. There is no one state that's great for everybody. But the states still give us some options, less and less, because the system is grinding statehood to nothingness. Part of the plan is that to get rid of the problem of the three monkeys, you virtually have to get rid of federalism. You need to have a almost singular central government to control virtually everything, and especially a sixth economy, such as Obamacare, is a big step forward in that direction. So that's part of the plan. And you have much less of a problem the more that you control everything. So you want to control. Now, 
the United States is still fortunate because it was based upon states that are united. Uh, there are other countries, most countries, that don't have that. And so they're way behind trying to overcome the problem. So they've, they've got to deal with it from a different standpoint. And I know what the problem is. Their chances of overcoming the problem come most likely through education. So as they educate their populations better and more, they've got a better chance. And they also get the best chance that the United States survives. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but that is the most important thing possible because if we don't survive, I don't think any place else on Earth will over time. Oh, maybe the first few decades there might be some places. The whole, the whole planet's going to go down the tubes. We can almost bet on it. All right, so if we're going to try to find solutions, then one of the things that needs to happen here and I'm not saying this just because I live in the United States, but the United States has got to take a much uh, greater lead and make the three monkeys such a huge problem uh, for the uh, dark side that it has no control of them at all. And so I think that that's where we, the United States, needs to come into play and do this. And there are some states, luckily, here in the United States, that this can be best achieved in first before the rest of the country will come along. I would say out of the remaining, say, almost 40 states, 30, 36 to 40 states, um, we've got a chance of half of them maybe taking a bold move and improving themselves to the point where the three monkeys become problems in the other states, much worse. That's a real advantage for us here. We can, we, and I think that's that's probably the, one of the most doable ways we've got to solve the problems that we're facing right now. Seriously, particularly if the next president of the United States is just saying carbon copy of the president, along with the administration, then we're pretty much in a really, really bad place. And only the state situation will have some some hope left in it. Now, for people that are very young, this could be a, this could be a nightmare coming. For people who are in the older groups, we may not see the end solution from this plane, maybe in the end, or by the time this all shakes out, and hopefully uh, we can make a difference before we leave. I say we because you know I'm I'm 66, actually getting closer to now than 67, and the, the the issue is that every time that we are moving in a direction away from God, there is the chance that there's some hidden point that we don't even see that we may go past that could lead from the intertwining of so many different things to an inevitable
that deep of a problem for us. And um, there's there's need for everybody who has is awake. Understand Michelle tonight to do something or do many things meaningful. If you don't get that the present situation is the way I said it is, you you're hopeless. There's not going to be anything that's going to make a difference. I guarantee it. You could say, well, but I'm really still a good person. I just think you're crazy because you know this administration is really wonderful. They're doing great stuff, and you, know, you don't know what you're talking. Well, you know, I encourage you to keep listening to the show for sure. But uh, you're not going to do anything to make a difference, and uh, someday you'll regret it. But that's that's, that's my opinion. I could be wrong, of course, and you probably think I am. But nonetheless, the, the, those folks that are in that camp. I still appreciate them listening. Yeah, they're doing it to have a laugh or something. But um, the the purpose is to, or watching, I guess, I keep forgetting, I'm also visually available as well. But, you know, it, it's at this point that we're so far deep into this, and it's such a problem now, that um, if we aren't careful, there's going to be some hidden over the line point that we won't even know when we get to it. And that'll be it. I'm not sure what when that's going to be. My concern is it's possibly in the next couple of years. And that just gives me the willies because that's not enough time. All the stuff I'm talking about solutions have more time than that. So I just hope that it, that isn't Okay. I want to talk about the crystallization factor in the third right? Now I've had other shows about this. What's happening right now is that we're reaching that critical junction point, 17, 18, 19, 2017, 18, 19, where the effects of the third ray going out become more and more dark and eventually evil. Just because in 2012, the third ray started to go the opposite direction, the fourth ray is inclining, third ray is inclining. That doesn't, that wasn't the critical junction. It's as the darkness grows because of that. And more and more people use their third ray chakra, which is the throat chakra, in all three bodies. To do things that are lies, evil, destruction, enslavement. That's what's increased. That's the concern. Now, why, say, by 2020, that might start diminishing? It might because the fourth way is increasing, and that's the, the part of us that is able to determine the more spiritual balance of life and to get some better concepts about God, especially spiritual concepts as I teach in here. Um, that's what we're hoping for. But that's the 2020 to 2025 time. What about between now and then is my word. And that's why I say if it's just a couple years off, I don't think we've got the time. If it's if we can buy ourselves six years or so, 
and we still haven't completely disintegrated, maybe we can pull back from the edge. And there can be um, solutions to evil. And of course, the three monkeys have become a real problem, serious problem for them, because they won't be able to control it. And things might literally start reversing direction. I'm hoping for that. More than hoping, I'm praying for that. And more than that, I'm doing everything I can to help it. Hopefully, there'll be others out there who will be in agreement with that concept and be joining in trying to do something again. Because the time is concerned for me. Yeah, if somebody said, well, you've got hundreds of years, don't worry about it. I might say, okay, I can buy that. You know, I can see that, you know, we've got the time. And I'm not, you know, trying to make it sound like it's something reasonable, crazy, that's going to happen a lot of life. But this is one of those situations where it's, it's not like that. Time is too short. And we've got a guy right now who's, who's a genius. Not doing what he's doing. You may think he's stupid. Mm-hmm. Guys that mm-hmm. really intelligent. Is he conscious? Not particularly conscious, but he's extremely intelligent. And so, you know, evil evil itself is, is intelligent beyond all imagination. He uses his intelligence to gain power and control. It's not conscious by what we call consciousness. It doesn't take the knowledge of it and create intelligence that reduces forces. It takes knowledge and uses intelligence to increase forces. Kind of almost an oxymoron. Think about it, but that's what it does. And so it's a big difference between the two ways of, of using So, the object is to have intelligence with no force. And when activity becomes purely intelligent, which means there is no force, then at that point, consciousness is growing. But when the reverse is true, you use intelligence to increase forces, which is what is really happening. By all the things I described tonight, that's what each one of those things I've said in many, 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 many are all uses of intelligence to increase forces. I don't care if it's kids on our borders or caliphates or taxes or preventing people from getting energy or, I mean, just nuts of stuff. But the thing is that, the thing is that those factors those parts of what we call intelligence are really, in the long run, not intelligent. But they are intelligent for evil. It's the way evil functions. And so the word is appropriately used, although it seems inappropriate. Knowledge is being used to create forces which, over the long run, too, are not intelligent, but it is in the short run from the perspective of evil which wishes to live in increasing force so it can use power to control other people. If you don't have that, power doesn't do any good. So 
was compressed time and energy, by the way. And no, 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 no. I, I would never say something that's politically incorrect either, because then people won't like me. I might even lose my job. I might have somebody write something about me. It would be terrible. Well, one of the three monkeys for sure is going to get me. I'll end up in the newspaper. You know, or talked about something. I don't want any of that stuff. Okay. So you're not willing to do anything other than to have knowledge. Okay. Hopefully this makes a point that one of the tricks to keeping the monkeys their point of senselessness is to substitute for their senses of reality and for them being able to see truth certain segments of knowledge which are falsehoods this is where you get into technology where some concepts support each other in a very limited way <clears throat> and where the Overall level, we'll call it, of knowledge is not that great, but it's it's enough to convince the people that have it that they have truth. Even though the truth is not there, it's not part of the knowledge. Knowledge itself does not create truth. You've got to have you've got to have wisdom which is wholeness of thought in concepts given to others to create truth. Well, it's very far from stepping out. And so the people that do that, to have that stand, standard, that, that believe in that system, believe that knowledge itself is what proves that they have truth, regardless of how ridiculous the knowledge is. It can be literal knowledge that disproves that they understand anything. I should say proves that they don't understand anything. Okay, I think I said that. Yeah, I'll get it right. So it proves that they don't understand anything. That's the knowledge that they have. Proves it. But they don't understand that because their consciousness is too new. So without the level of consciousness that brings the knowledge into an active form to be used for for serving other people. A person actually is destructive to truth, both in themselves, and they can convince other people of the same thing to others. That's the scary part of this particular problem. Evil tries to balance the three monkeys so that they support each other through knowledge and eliminate most elements of consciousness and most choices that people might have. That's the secret formula for evil. The majority of people do not know that that's what is going on. Some people sense it, so to speak, because they feel it between the astral. I told you about this at the beginning of the show. A discordant vibration between the astral and the uh, mental sub-world part of the mental body. And it's actually the Ajna sense in the mental body. 
nor remember. And it just it doesn't feel it. And so they they get this sensation. But they don't really understand it. But it's still better than nothing. And this this is the this is the unfortunate problem is that most folks are lulled into the belief that the knowledge that they are quote unquote handed or given makes them conscious gives them conscious gives them understanding which is another word for consciousness and gives them the ability to be inclusive with other people. Knowledge actually causes exclusivity and the reduction of oneness between people if it doesn't include a balance of consciousness or freedom of choice in people's thinking and actions together. This is the key that the dark side is using to solve their problem with the three monkeys. They want those monkeys to constantly spew out more knowledge that is unwholesome and untruthful so that it feeds the egos, the egotism, of large numbers of people who become believers in the non-God thought of the dark. So that's their overall big picture. That's what they're trying to use to win the world. How good are they doing? Scary. A vast number of people are following this doctrine. And it's getting larger all the time. Not all the people themselves participate in evil activities. They just give up their freedom and consciousness to become part of this picture. And they support, by being part of it, its continual growth. That's the big problem. They're supporting it, usually by accepting the knowledge that is being fed to them, which is, again, untruthful. And they use this knowledge to defend their own egotism and that of others sometimes. And it leads them to the belief that they know better than others. Knowledge, no. You got it? Okay. And those they are associated with know even more and more better than others. And therefore, as they group collectively, they stand for the right to control, manipulate, force, amazingly force others in their ways, to their ways, because they believe that right comes from the knowledge that they think gives them. And you could say, well, doesn't the knowledge give them power? Well, it does. It gives it gives them power over other people who think that the knowledge does something for them. If you ignore their knowledge and say, well, 
that that knowledge you have is is narrow and, and misguided and wrong in many ways. It may have some grains of truth in it here and there, but it's not the issue. You're on the wrong track. Your consciousness is too low, and you're missing the point of what we're really dealing with. If you can get to that point, then you see through what their shenanigans are about. And then they have a problem with the monkeys because more people that do that, the more people say, oh, come on. What you're saying is there's a bunch of nonsensical knowledge that may be internally inconsistent or problem, and it doesn't support truth. But you claim you know because you know. You know because you've been there, you know because somebody else told you, you know because you have a title that gives you the right to be able to say it, or you have a job that gives you the the means to work with it, or you have something else that tells you that that knowledge is is right there. It's it's the thing that's so special and makes you into the authority, the controller. Okay, so I think we've defined pretty well what the monkeys do and the problem that evil has with the monkeys and how it tries to keep them in line with what it wants them to do. It is also incumbent upon us to recognize that each of us has a role to play in defeating the three monkeys. We can stop evil. It is our job to do it because anyone who has even an inkling of what the show is about has a responsibility equal to their consciousness of the situation, and maybe somewhat slightly more than that. And if we get together, we would be stronger. Getting together doesn't mean that we become an ism. We're not going to be this ism, libertarianism, or anythingism. Instead, we're going to be individuals who create for virtue, for light, enlightenment, reform. That's what the world needs. It needs more and more people getting together to do this collectively. I talked about moving into states. That's the first step. But in those states, you will find collectively more people to get together with and do some of the needed ways of creating more truth in whatever area that you can do it, or areas, maybe more than one. And so the reason to do this is to find people that you can do it with. Now, could you do it from a distant place? Possibly. But the problem is that if one of you is in a very restricted place, one of the 12 states, and the other one isn't. It's hard for you to work together because the one who is not free is restricted from even the most, we'll call it, most least threatening behaviors to those that are having 
the monkeys work for them, and therefore, you can't, if you can't even do the simple stuff, how are you going to do the more complicated stuff that someone in a more free place can? So that's the reason some people are going to need to opt out, because if we keep deluding the sources, there will not be enough strength in a very short order of time to make a difference. I mean, the places that that are ridiculously egotistical and that use the knowledge model are, are, are almost impervious in the near future to change. The problem of the monkeys has been taken care of there, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do to change that. At an individual level, there aren't enough people that collectively work together in the same location. And while the Internet and other means of communication, telephones, and so on, it's great. You need to be physically present as well. We live in a physical world. There's a reason for that. It's, it's part of God. You have to be physically part of it. You can't just say, well, I'll, I'll do it from, you know, Alaska. I don't want to pick the state, but I'll do it from the North Pole. Well, I mean, you can go to the North Pole, but of course, there's nothing there. You can't do anything there's not even a landmass, right, if it's there at all. So, you see, here, here is the, the consequences of what we're dealing with. That there are some places that people are just useless in living. They just are if they're, if they're semi-awake. Yet, they have to make more than just a, a we'll call it a, a feeble effort. They've got to really push on themselves to be of great service, because if they don't, even leaving, going anywhere else, won't make any difference, because it may produce bad karma, because they're not actually doing anything. They are just saying, well, symbolically, I'm making a statement because I went I went from Vermont to Texas, so now I'm making a statement. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or New York to Texas. Now I'm making a statement. But that statement doesn't really matter. You need to do a great deal more. You need to help everybody, even the Vermontians or the New Yorkers or become more free. And there's some parts of New York that aren't necessarily unfree, but unfortunately in or around the city of New York. That's a bastion of, uh, of uh, progressive thought in a very strong way. And it's a way in which a lot of people consider and believe in the monkeys very strongly. So, you know, it depends. And I'm not trying to say everybody who lives there is in that vein. I'm trying to say that the place itself acts as a bastion for that kind of thinking, that kind of function. All right, so we, we, we have some choices. There's lots of things that can be done. It does help to at least communicate with people as much as possible and try to work as best as possible to...
works best when co-created with many people rather than just one or two. The reason for that is that the higher the level of virtue, the more difficult it is in the physical world to create it on an individual basis. And that's why it helps to work with the people who are each creative. It's doing something somewhat special and different, but you're still working together for some common goal. And that's very much helpful, really important to try to make that work. How are we going to just completely get rid of the three monkeys and make it such a big problem that they don't exist anymore? Well, I told you a political lie. I gave you some answers on that. But education is another issue. Right now, the battleground, probably more than anything else, you notice I said this particularly about other countries that don't have as good a political system as we have. Uh, Education is very important, even especially in the United States, but it's also more important in some countries that don't have any laws that help support them in what I'm saying. How does education play a role? Well, first thing is choose the schools wisely that your children go to. If if you you have no choice, then leave. Because children are so important. Go someplace where you have choice. And the choice needs to be the choice for making the three monkeys a super problem for the dark side. Make it make it so that they people are going to see evil and have it part of the lesson plan. That children are brought up so that they can understand what I'm talking about tonight's show at their level. Tonight's show is an adult level discussing but at a child level you take the concepts and you reduce them to a level they can understand. And they and understand that the, the, you know, the bully on the, in the schoolyard who's trying to enforce his or her will on others, they can get that kind of understanding. It depends on who, where, what consciousness they have. But schools are a critical element in this because right now there has been a tremendous loss in the development of schools in many places that have free thinking. Especially higher level education is frighteningly terrible. And the reason consciousness is falling in general here in the United States is because of the educational system, particularly in the higher level, being so disgustingly selfish and controlled by the three monkeys. So we've got to really change that. The first thing is to put spiritual issues and spiritual questions and thought into education. Not that a specific religion or religious viewpoint is expressed, but discussions about does God exist and why why does it or maybe not exist and go into those kinds of areas of education so that people have the ability be conscious or understanding about the subject area itself, which has now become almost taboo to talk about in public school. It's nuts, right? But if that's the case in the schools around where you're at, 
and find schools that are different from that, even if you have to leave and go someplace else, because it's that important. I mean, if your children and their consciousness isn't the most important thing, at least in any way that's related to your family, then I would say there's something wrong. It may not be the most important thing in the world, but children, even of themselves, are not as important as the whole world is. But for a lot of people, they're very important, and you need to put that importance in perspective of education, because education has a much greater effect on children than does most other areas of life. Their life revolves around education, whether formally in some place they're being sent to, or if they're homeschooled, or however, it's still education, which is the primary part of their life. And that primary part needs to be needs to be grown. It needs to be uh, served in a way that is made uh, beautiful and wonderful, and gives to them uh, complete defenses against being coming one of the three monkeys, and to allow them to be into a place where they understand the basics of a show like this. You could almost use this show like as a test. It was pretty far advanced for, for grade school kids, but you could do it for maybe some high schoolers and certainly people at the university level and just use it as an educational tool. What is this guy talking about? What do you think about what he's saying? Does it make much sense to you? Does it fit some of the things he's saying or does it can you punch holes in it? What's wrong with what he said? You know, that kind of discussion would be really marvelous and could be become part of a school system. Um, there's some places, like in the first astral suburb, where they, instead of people studying things, everything's done on a creative basis. They pick problems and they look for solutions like we're doing tonight to some extent. They check they each person contributes some element to finding a particular solution to a particular problem. You could have twenty, thirty different solutions in the same, you know, classroom. And then they take those solutions and they hybrid them. They bring them together, they change them around, they see where the strengths are, where the weaknesses are. And at the end of it, they come up with new solutions and new problems that need to be further examined for the next day or week's work or whatever it is. And the quote-unquote teachers participate in the uh, whole situation, and they have the students have an equal voice with the teacher in these kinds of schools. I find that really cool. That's the kind of school I want to go to, <laughs> period. I mean, that's fantastic. Right? Think about it. Think about what we're talking about. And a school in which everything is based upon people becoming more and more creative in their thinking and where they're working on real-life situations. Not some made-up stuff. They actually pick real problems and they try to come up with real solutions. And then other parts of, in other courses, are to take some of those 
solutions and interact with people about them to see how well they work. They experiment on it. They may not do it in the same class. They may do it in another class where the, the experimental model of what other classes have come up with this model and check them out. So you may not actually work on the same thing you actually created yourself. You may work on somebody else's. Or you might work on your own. Now, why would you do it that way? Because it breaks through egotism. It actually prevents people from becoming egotistical and gets rid of some of the ones, some of the parts that aren't by working on other people's solutions instead of just your own to see how they work. Isn't that fascinating? That, to me, is a real good system. Now, you can use that model or any other model that tend to... Um, tend to lead into a greater level of consciousness. The higher the level of consciousness that's attained through the educational system, the better the system is. Don't count knowledge. Remember what I said about knowledge. Just the ability to say back knowledge doesn't show consciousness at all. It may show a lack of it. That doesn't mean people should not get knowledge. Knowledge, when used, as I just described, it's appropriate and it, it, it works, but you don't just use it as saying, I know this or that. No, you create things. You create, as consciousness is required in that, you create new knowledge. Not just old knowledge. And you create new truths. Truths are 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 elastic and some of them are completely pliable and change. As new concepts, usually larger ones, are put into a system, the truth of that system grows and changes. The truth of today will not be the truth of tomorrow about any area we're talking about. You know, speaking about it strictly, I say, we'll say abstract. It won't be literally one day or the next, but in an abstract sense, that's a true statement. So, most people think truth is a final, an absolute, but the truth is relative and not absolute, and by definition must change. What's stronger than truth? Well, you could be on truth, you, you get into other kinds of thoughts that is more powerful and supersedes truth because it no longer deals with time in the single sense of as it is understood at the moment. So some some elements of thought go into we'll, we'll say something that deals with, with the urn but most people consider it being the present part of their And so when you deal with that, that's a whole different subject. It's a whole different way of thinking. You can't be closed-minded at all, and you would have to think at a minimum in the Buddhic realm. What is Buddhic? Buddhic means that instead of there being a truth that is settled upon by whatever people think it, uh, as fitting all the concepts they have at the moment, you use 
whatever serves everybody that experiences the thought and in whatever areas of thought that becomes interactions in as a way of improving each and every person's awareness and eventually consciousness from the experience. That's called beauty. And that's also called intuitive thinking. And it leads to a totally different realm of kind of thinking and truth. And in some people's minds, it's just somewhat true, people say, well, those are the truths that all come together in some collective form. They can, they can keep changing from second to second, but they always add more light into the system. As long as they keep adding light into the system, then they no longer have to be set in stone, which truths kind of are, but only for relatively short periods of time, and then they fail. So this doesn't happen when you get to the Buddhist program. You know, that's a little bit out there, and it may be hard to understand. But eventually, eventually, beauty will become a an intuitional, intuitive thought, which supports and creates beauty, will become the standard model in areas of uh, mental development in human beings. That won't be until the next race of people, full race of people, are developed, called the sixth race. That race will start developing that kind of thinking as a normative thing. And kids, when they go to school, won't be taught truth anymore. They'll be taught intuitional, we'll call it beauty, which will become part of their existence. And uh, they will obviously be far more spiritual than the people of today. They will have, and uh, by the way, the good news is that no evil, no monkey who can't see evil either can exist in a Buddhist realm. There's no possibility of that. So the monkeys go away. They become a big problem for evil because there are no more there are no more monkeys that are uh, walking around unable to see, hear, or speak of evil. And so that's a good thing. That's the thing that we're looking forward to. And slowly, small small amounts of uh, intuitive thinking, or some people just call it Buddha thought, um, are getting into some parts of people's lives. Small, here and there. It's not the biggest part. It's not even close to being that. But for people who are trying to spiritually discipline themselves, it becomes a big deal. And even a small amount of that is a big deal to someone who has spent years of time, say, uh, trying to raise our consciousness to be of service. The motive is very big there. So if you not, don't have right motive, you won't achieve the result, which is so critical in this. Okay, let's, let's finish up this business about education. I'm looking at my time. going click, click, click. All right. So if we're going to improve the educational system, not, the schools have to become spiritual, they have to become open-minded, uh, hopefully creative at the similar to level of what I said would be really marvelous. I love that kind of system. But anything even close to that would be far better than the present system we have, which is mostly knowledge-based and therefore dark. And then the next thing to consider is the 
application of education needs to have the same issues. The application would include things that include jobs, yeah, yeah. and means and ways that people earn a living. Uh, it would include some of the, and I'm going to have to go through this real quickly, it would include areas of research and development. All of those things come from this pool of changing the way that people think, and that will end up driving out the monkeys because as people do this, they, their minds become more and more truthful, and they leave behind the ideas and knowledge alone is the answer for their issues in life. You get into all kinds of things that you can develop from this. Some of them are, it could be each one of them, could be like a shell, a cell. But one of the areas, another area that we like to see is the uh, area that we call the third ray itself, which now is becoming crystallized and becoming more difficult. To change that balance would greatly enhance the ability for, uh, we'll say, light to enter and for the monkeys to be driven out. And that is by looking at the process itself. The third ray of civilization, it also includes things like the, the military and it includes police and that sort of stuff. And it further involves communication, which is the major thrust of it, and also big finance and banking and that sort of stuff. Now, when you take all that and put it all together, the object of civilization is to extend extend the senses of humanity by using the lower kingdom to bring them to a higher standard, a higher standard of consciousness, while humans themselves improve their levels of communication and interaction among themselves and between themselves and the world of humans. Now, if you even consider a fraction of that improving every year, say, the results are that the monkeys become a very big problem because evil becomes unhid. It becomes unhid because there's enlightenment continually happening, even though it might be at a low level. It's continually happening on a wide scale throughout civilization. That model has been proposed in the past by some great thinkers, but they never had the full thing. They understand that there's a counter component to this, that you've got the monkeys doing the doing the, the mischief and not being able to sense and understand or even recognize that there's evil. So that's where the problem has, was was such a difficulty before in all kinds of systems and thoughts about it. What I'm suggesting today in terms of uh, advancing civilization is that you create a system in which there's a minimal level of light in every kind of institutional and every kind of interactional mode that builds civilization. Even if it's a very small level, even if it's a tiny bit, it's enough. Light itself is what is what unmasks and shows off the darkness. It shows that it shows that there really is evil, and it gets people to understand that. Wow, I thought there was no such thing as evil. I didn't even know there was such a thing as God. Now I can see that there is both, and I can make choices that will improve the system because the system already has some parts of it that allows light to get in. That's another realm of 
a whole other show to talk about, and I didn't allow enough time to talk about it. But But anyway, it's another realm that we can use some of the educational parts and add that into our interactions in our society to make the whole society in a way creative more and make it more enlightening for everybody, even people who are just, you know, doing what we think of as mundane jobs. It doesn't have to be that that job is mundane. We can make it a spiritual job if we use it as part of the system. You know, we're running out of time. I hope tonight's show has made some, some difference for you. And I hope that you now realize what the three monkeys are and how they're affecting us all the time. And maybe you can smile and look around you when you see it happening. And uh, maybe remember the show. Well, we're out of time for right now. And until next week, this has been Niall 